Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Nashville Life. For those of you who are here for the first time, my name is Alvin. I serve as lead pastor at the church, and I'm honored that you're with us today. Uh, what's up to everybody who's here, everybody who's in the overflow room? Thank you for sticking around, and uh, we're so packed today that we've got friends in the overflow on the third floor. So everybody who's watching and everybody watching online, thank you for being here. Uh, my prayer is that everybody's blessed. Uh, just to kind of catch you up on a few things that are going on, it's day 15 of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. One more week. Um, we've been opening up the church from 6 a.m. to 7 every weekday during these 21 days. We've got another round starting tomorrow, uh, and it's been, it's been a major benefit uh, getting up that early and seeing God's people come together and bringing their faith and their prayers and their love for God and for this church and for this city, and uh, every day has just been phenomenal. I really have loved being a part of it, and I just feel the faith rising in our church. I can sense people beginning to believe God and, and love God more because of the prayers. So thank you for everybody who's participating, everyone who's been fasting, everybody who's been getting up and being a part of it, because I do think that our church and our city is benefiting because of the prayers that are happening. So we got one more week, so it's not too late. If you want to join us, like I said, Monday through Friday, we're here at 6 a.m. and then uh, 9 o'clock on Saturdays. And then, of course, the worship night this Friday. So come Friday night, it'll be the music team, the band, and we'll just worship and sing for that whole time. And I know that's going to be a good one, too. Um, in a yes, in a, in a couple of weeks, in a couple of weeks, we are starting life groups. Our life group semester gets started, and and uh, yeah, it life groups have been I would go as far to say like the most essential area of our church health and our church growth. Um, ever since the beginning, we've always been a church of life groups. If you've gone through next steps to get connected in the church, we always let people know that if if Nashville Life is your church then the expectation is that you find a life group, that you find a group that you can uh, engage with and connect with. Uh, life groups offer a place for protection, uh, accountability and support. You know, if you're down or going through something, life groups have proven over the years to really be a great support system to make sure that no one falls through the cracks and no one goes unnoticed, especially in a bigger church, in a growing church like this. I believe that the more we grow, uh, the more important, us, more important it will be for us to grow small and big at the same time. And the way that we still continue to grow in small community is through our life groups. So please, please go online and see what we offer. Uh, we've got a whole directory of what we're offering this semester from marriage groups to men's groups to women's groups to certain focus groups. Um, there's one in particular I want to emphasize, and that is our Freedom Life Group. And uh, Freedom is a group that honestly, if I had it my way, everybody would experience a semester of uh, the Freedom Life Group. Basically, the premise is, you know, all of us have a past. All of us have a past. And, and our past tend to kind of make us think that um, we'll be defined by the things that have happened in the past, particularly the negative things. And that can serve as a intimidation to make us feel stuck. And it almost feels like we have figurative chains on our lives, and, and we don't often know how to break those chains. And Jesus, one of the things that comes with following him is he has the power to break chains in your life and to set you free so you can enjoy your future without all of the stains and issues of what happened back then. And freedom is a great ministry that ministers freedom to people who are wanting to overcome uh, their past, overcome things they've gone through, things that they've been through. And that's a little bit of what I'm going to teach about today. But before I do, let's repeat these words after me, if you can. Say, the, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Well, for the series on January, it's called Pray First. We're syncing up with our church friends in Birmingham, Church of the Highlands, and uh, in sync with this uh, 
series. It's called Pray First, and it's about the priority of prayer. I don't think there's anybody here that would disagree that prayer is a good thing, but we want to promote it from being a good thing to the first thing. We all know that prayer is an option, but too often with people, including Christians, it's the last resort. And we're like, you know, let me see what I can do first, and then if I can't do it, I'll go to God. And I think we really need, I know we need to flip that to where prayer is the first thing we go to, whether we think we're adequate for the challenge or not. Learn to go to God first. And this whole month is about promoting prayer from being wherever it is on your list to number one. Um, praying first. And there's a prayer that I want to talk about. It's in First Chronicles. First Chronicles is a book that's really uh, a lot of genealogy. It's one of those books where it's this person begat this person, and this person begat this person, and you know. But right in the middle of all this genealogy, they highlight um, a man and a prayer that he prays to God, and that man's name is Jabez. And this prayer is known as the prayer of Jabez. And some of you guys might be familiar with it, but I'm going to read it and catch us all up so that we're all knowing about this man and the prayer that he prayed to God. In verse 9, it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Um, I really want you all to make this message personal. I can't stress to you how relevant I believe this is for your personal lives. I know it's called the prayer of Jabez and your name more than likely is not Jabez. Um, but Put your name in there because the cool thing about testimonies, whether they're people in the Bible or they're things in modern day, whenever you hear about God doing something for somebody, um, that's a testimony, an invitation for you to start to ask yourself one of the most healthiest questions that you can ask, and that is, I wonder what God can do for me. Um, when you look at the gospel and see people receiving great miracles from Jesus. If you read, you'll see the reason why they knew to come to Jesus and ask for a miracle because they had heard what he did for somebody else. And testimonies serve that purpose. It really is fuel to your faith. It's meant to spark a curiosity that, man, if God healed him, I wonder what he can do for me. If God delivered that person, then maybe I wonder what Jesus can do in my life. So, so when you hear this testimony of Jabez praying for these things and God answering and granting his request, uh, God shows no partiality. Scripture says that he doesn't show partiality, which means anything that he did for Jabez, he can do for you. And I believe that he wants to. So let's talk about Jabez for a minute. First of all, his name means pain. Um, his mom uh, was in so much pain when she delivered him that she actually named him Pain, which I think is a very interesting choice, but, you know, to each their own. She calls him Pain. That's his name. And we don't know a lot of details about him, but by the time he reaches this prayer in his adult years, he's, he's asking God to save him from causing pain. Now, some translations say, free me from pain, and then the one that I read said, free, you know, that I might not cause pain. So, Jabez was either in a lot of pain or he was causing pain um, or both. Most of the time, usually it's both. Like they say, hurt people hurt people, right? So there was, it could have been a combo, but regardless, he was in a situation where he had been called pain all of his life. He had been marked by this word pain, and I can't help but to believe that this word followed him throughout his life, and he was wanting God to, to intervene and deliver and save him from this, this destiny that seemed to be marking his life, and the reason why I think it's relevant to all of us is because I believe in one way or another, we've all experienced either an event 
or a word that was spoken against us or over us or a traumatic experience that we have sometimes felt was uh, the definition for our lives. A lot of times we have been through situations where we believe that that's going to define who we are and define our future. And sometimes it feels so real and so strong that you can't imagine there being a possibility that your life won't be defined by this mark or by this curse or by this trauma or by this situation that happened. And I think Jabez is a great example that God has the power to trade your sorrows for joy. He has the power to give you blessings in a way that helps you conquer the pain of your life or the struggle or the suffering that you're going through. And the cool thing is that he can do it, but let's talk about how it was done. I think there's a lot in the way that Jabez prayed that all of us can learn from if we want to see God's power help us overcome uh, the pain and the issues of our past. Whether it's pain that we are feeling or it's pain that we are inflicting, God can save you and his power can uh, bless you in a, in, a, in a very powerful way. Jesus, oh, not Jesus, thank you, Jesus, Jabez, we'll talk about Jesus in a minute. Today, right now, it's, it's Jabez. Jabez prayed for four things, and I'm going to highlight each thing. The first thing he said was, oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. That's the first thing. He comes out the gate, oh, that you would bless me indeed. So if we're going to learn from Jabez, we need to learn to pray for blessing. We need to pray for blessing. Now, depending on what you've been through, depending on what you've heard, depending on what you've been taught, depending on what you think of God, depending on what you see of yourself, not everybody is not always comfortable asking for God to bless them. Um, and there's all types of misconceptions and reasons why we have a complex with that. For some people, it's shame and it's guilt and you just don't think you deserve it. So you feel uh, uncomfortable or awkward or wrong to ask God to bless you because, you know, you've done so many bad things and there's a lot of guilt and condemnation. And then there's people who don't truly have a definition of the purpose of blessing. And since you're content with your life and since you have enough for you, you don't think it's necessary to ask for God to bless you because, you know, I already have enough. I'm already fine. It's cool. Again, the person who thinks like that doesn't fully understand the purpose of being blessed by God because it actually has a lot more to do with other people than you. Um, the third thing is, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, complexities and, and tension around the idea of us prospering. You know, we think about since other people don't have or, you know, who am I to ask God for to bless my life? And it, it really complicates what I believe should be a very, very simple concept. God is uh, a blessing. It's in his nature. Not only can he bless, but it's his nature to do so. And honestly, the word blessing, it means to impart supernatural favor. And the word prosper means to push forward, to advance. So whatever you're prospering is, that means you're advancing in that thing. That means you're progressing for the better, for those things. And that is something, if you look in Scripture, that is God's will for his people. It's all through Scripture. Psalm chapter 5. Psalm chapter 5, verse 12 says, For surely the writer is confident, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. This is God. This is the one that you're praying to. Scripture says you've got to learn how to digest this truth if you want to have an active prayer life. Scripture says we can't even pray to God unless we acknowledge and believe two things. One is that he exists. And the second is that he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. So you need to embrace this truth about God. Otherwise, it's going to really hinder the quality of your life and his action in your life. If you, if you can't receive blessings from God because of whatever belief you've built over the years, it's going to prevent God from being who he is in your life. So why does he want us to be blessed? That's a question that some of you ask yourself. Why does God want you to be blessed? 
Well, if you, again, it's all in the scripture, which is why we got to read our Bibles. The Bible says that all of his people were called to be a blessing. That's actually the trajectory. That's the destiny. That is the direction for every person in God is for us to be a blessing. And then it starts just getting practical. You can't be a blessing if you aren't blessed. You can't offer what you don't have. You can't give faith if you don't have faith. You can't give 10 bucks if you don't have 10 bucks. You can't be a blessing if you yourself are not blessed. So the Lord says, Abram, since I'm calling you to be a blessing, the first thing I got to do is bless you. I'm going to bless you and make you great so that through the blessings that I'm giving you, you can be a blessing to the rest of the world. And that's how he works with us, guys. If you are in Christ, you have been grafted into this lineage of Abraham where your calling in life is to be a blessing to others. So don't shy away from God blessing you because you're actually hurting other people when you don't receive. Because if you aren't able to bless others, then it causes the world to not be blessed. And it's, it's just this domino effect. So, God, guys, you know, I know that we can get a little timid or tense about this, this concept um, about being blessed and about prospering. But, but, but God was not apologetic about this word. It's all through scripture that he, that he prospers us. Uh, Genesis 26, 12 through 13, it says, Then Isaac who was Abraham's son, showed, sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold of what he sowed. And the Lord blessed him, and the man, talking about Isaac, began to prosper. And then he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's one verse, and prosper is in there three times. And all I'm saying is the church as we're in a climate where there's a lot of hypersensitivity around that word. And all I'm saying is like, yes, of course we reject when it's rooted in selfishness, when it's rooted in pride, when it's rooted in self-glory. I mean, we all know that that's something that God is not behind. But do not let your stance against hyper-prosperity make you turn your heart towards biblical prosperity. Because while one is one that we reject, one is one that we must embrace. Uh, John, Third John 1 verse 2. Third John 1 verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And depending on who you are, there's some of you where you, there might be two or three of y'all that it's all that you can not to run out of this church right now because you heard the, the prosper word. But guys, God does not shy away from this word. This is a word that God is not afraid of. Therefore, you should not be afraid of it. Biblical prosperity is simple. It's having more than you need so you can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Biblical prosperity is having more than you need so you can make a difference, an eternal difference in the lives of others. We just got to get past that. Genesis 12, 2 says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. This is all in the word. It's foundational for our lives and it's crucial for the way that we interact with God, for us to understand this truth. The next thing he prayed for was for him to uh, have his territory enlarged. Jabez says, bless me indeed. And then he says, enlarge my territory. And this really points to what I believe is influence. If you want to learn from this prayer, Jabez is, when he says, enlarge my territory, that's a sign for us when we pray to God. After we pray for God to bless us, we pray for influence. We pray for the blessings that God has given us, for us to be placed in influential positions so that the blessings that we've received can benefit other people. You can't help people unless you have influence. You can't, you can't be a blessing to someone else if you don't, aren't first granted influence in their lives. So the Lord, so Jabez says, bless me, and then he says, enlarge my territory. And again, this is a very practical request because, again, in Scripture, Malachi chapter 3 says when you tithe and when you give, he's, the Bible says that God will give you more blessings than you have room to receive. So when you are given more blessings than you have room for, the only next thing is to find more room. 
you got to find more room. you got to find more avenues. you got to find more ways to facilitate the blessings, the abundant, overwhelming blessings that are flowing through your life. I'm telling you, when you receive God's blessings, it will be more than enough. Because that's his nature. He's a God of abundance. He's an abundant God. The word doesn't say that salvation gives us life. It says it gives us life and life more abundantly. That's how he pours. I said, I said once, I was like, it's like Costco. God blesses in bulk. He gives in bulk. He gives, he, he, he gives more than enough. Because the purpose of your blessing is to become a blessing. Hopefully it's clicking. Hopefully it's clicking. Pray for influence. Influence is the next step once you've been blessed. I remember I was talking to a a friend years ago, and he wanted to write a book. And I was like, cool, cool, great, all right, praise God. What what do you want your your book to be about? He was like, it's about, you know, achieving your dreams and finding success and how to, how to hold on to hope and, and really succeed in, in your dreams. And in the moment, I was like, oh, man, what do I say? And then I thought of what I was supposed to say. And I was like, oh, can I say this? Can I say this? I was like, I'm going to say it. And I was like, great, man. I said, but, like, you're not... You're not success. You're not successful. <laughs> like, you don't have success. And I was like, how? How would that? Like, help me out. Like, how will that work? Like, who's going to want to buy your road to success if you don't have it? And he went, oh yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a, that's a point. And no, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm supposed to write the book, but maybe you should have some success first, and then you can say, hey y'all, this is how I did it. And I will tell y'all, within a handful of years, this man succeeded in his career, miraculous success, and the man wrote that book about how he did it. My point is, that's how it works. You know, if you don't have the fruit in your life that makes people want to be influenced by you, then you're not going to have much influence. No one's going to want to be in your line of how to get it. If if you're still, you know, you got to get over before you tell someone how you got over, right? Some of us are trying to, (laughs) let's, (laughs) praise God. God is awesome. So my point is, once you're blessed, That's when the influence comes. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge the scope of my reach. Put me in positions where what you've blessed me with can be of influence to other people. Stretch me out because you're pouring out blessings that I don't have room to receive. So I need to knock down this wall. I need a a bigger space to facilitate all that you're going to be blessing me with. And I love the faith of that. Enlarge my territory because he knows, God, when you bless me, it's about to be a lot. So I I need a larger tent. Uh, you know, okay, yeah. Um, Ephesians 3, 20. Again, y'all, this is the nature of God. This is not subjective. This is not based on a person. This is God we're talking about. Ephesians three twenty says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. A lot of us don't know how to pray for enlarged territories because we still think it's about us. When God blesses you, it's for two things. And honestly, the third one is, let's say it's three things. If it's three things, you're the the last. It's, the Bible says that he does things for his namesake. And then he does it so others will be blessed. And then, yes, you will enjoy it in the process. A lot of times we, you know, when we, when we don't understand what's happening, the Lord says that he gives according to his riches and glory, not according to your circumstance. And a lot of times we can't get outside of our immediate world and our immediate circumstance and we think so small and we realize that we're tying the hands of the Lord that wants to give into your life, not based off of you, but based off of him, based off of his glory, based off of his abundance. 
He says he is able to not just give you what you ask and not even to give you more, but immeasurably more, which means you can't even measure how much more the Lord can give more than what you ask. And then he says not even ask, but imagine. So he's covering not just the stuff that you're asking, but the stuff that you're thinking about and scared to ask. Like um, what you imagine is stuff that's in your head, but you haven't got the guts to actually let it come out your mouth. The Lord says, I will exceed what's in your head. I will exceed what you're actually imagining I could do in your life to an immeasurable measure. Again, this is who our Lord is. This is who he is. This is who you're praying to. The next thing the Lord prayed, Jabez prayed to the Lord was, oh, that your hand would be with me. Oh, that your hand would be with me. And this is a prayer for God's presence. Whenever you see God's hand being on something in scripture, that's the biblical term for his presence and his power being involved. So if God's hand, if you read scripture where it says in the hand of God, that means his presence and his power. So after Jabez asked for him to be blessed and for his territory to be enlarged, he asked, I need your hand on my life. I need your presence. I need your power. And this is another reason why some of us uh, hold back in asking God to enlarge our territory and our influence. Because again, we only think of it in terms of what we can do and what we can handle in and of ourselves. And I can tell you, if you, if you measure what God can do in your life based off of you, you will disqualify yourself every single time. Every single time you will disqualify yourself from the magnitude of what God has for your life if you keep limiting him to you. <laughs> and it's human nature to avoid levels and spaces of dependency, you know, as well as we, uh, dependence. We want to be, you know, we want to feel confident. We want to feel competent. A lot of us want to feel in control. And, and, and we, we let that desire hinder God from drawing us out to deeper waters or things that are over our head. Because, oh, no, if God enlarges me, I might actually need him. If God enlarges my territory and gives me more blessing than I have room to receive, I might actually have to depend on him. And subconsciously, that sabotages many of our prayers. I know what's happened to me, where I've been afraid for growth because I'm like, well, I won't be able to. Lord goes, well, that when, you're, when you can't, that's when I can. And many Christians who are called to supernatural lives are still living finite, limited, natural lives because we have yet to step out and walk on water because what will happen? I've never walked on water before. God, God goes, that's, that's where I come in. I've never, I've never become a nation, Lord. Well, that's where I come in, Abram. Sarah, I've never had a baby. Well, that's where I come in. If you limit your future to your experience, you're done. <laughs> because you can only do what you've already done already, which is why we see that happen in so many believers' lives. They only continue doing what they've already done because they are afraid that if I break out into something new, I might have to start doing that trust thing that I've heard about at church. I might, find, I might actually need him literally and not just in the songs. I might have to really need God if I let him take me out to where he's trying to take me. Be careful of that. Don't limit the Lord. That's the, and that's the wisdom of God. I believe he purposely calls us into things that are beyond our level of competence because it gives him a chance to be glorified. It gives him a chance to be your strength. It gives him a chance to be your wisdom. It gives him a chance to be your provider. It gives him a chance to, to, to do what you can't do. And when you find yourself in that, when you finally start to step into what God had in mind for you, you can start going, oh, my. Lord, if you don't show up today, I can't do this. Lord, if you don't anoint me, I'm not going to be. The Lord, so, so many of us avoid that overwhelmed feeling. Oh, I got to stay within what? Because I want to be. Guys, now, there's times where you got to allow yourself to obey God and trust that when you step out. This is the thing about God. God is good, right? 
He's smart. He thinks through everything. The Lord never provides a blessing that he doesn't accompany it with the resources to sustain that blessing. The Lord will not call you into a wider territory without providing the resources to sustain that new place of blessing and influence. He will give you the people. He will give you the systems. He will give you the wisdom. He'll give you the counsel. He'll give you the, the technology. He will provide what is needed for that. I mean, what kind of God would give you a blessing that you can't, that he thought through all of it, guys. Before he even gave it to you, he thought through, and I know how, I mean, think about Noah. I always think about Noah being called to build this ark that was going to house two of every animal. You know, some of these animals weren't even in their area. Like, but the Lord provided it. He made sure that I'm not going to call you to something and not provide you what I called you to do. Remember Noah when you're praying, guys. Remember, if it sounds too big for you, that's honestly probably the first time you heard God talk. God doesn't call you to things that you can do in your own strength. It's no fun for him, and it's no glory to him, and it doesn't bless anybody else. All it does is protect our ego and our sense of control, and he has no regard for that. God could care less. Like, he does not honor your desire for control. In fact, he wants to squash it. I think he gets a little pleasure out of it, honestly, because he knows it's hurting us. And when we break into that true brokenness, that true dependence, the Lord says when we're weak, finally I can be strong now. I was in the back seat just letting you do this thing. Finally I can shine. The Bible, you know, the Bible says that he searches, which means he's, it's not easy to find. The Bible says he's searching for people to show himself strong through. And half the reason why I think he's having to search because so many of us are unwilling to let him show himself strong because we can't get past ourselves. So therefore, God has to actually search. Who is someone who will allow me to be me and is not going to meddle and interfere with their own understanding and their own experience and their own, well, God, I got this. You don't understand. I, I went through this. I went to college for this. God's like, okay. Okay, you do it. And we just produce a bunch of flesh, and there's nothing miraculous about it. It's sustainable. It's within our control, but we're not blessing the kingdom. We're not blessing people. We're surviving, and we are maintaining our sense of control. We've got to break that. We've got to say, Lord, stretch me out. Lord, give me your presence and power. Give me a calling where I'm going to need your anointing. Because when we do it, it's just our works. But when God's hand is on it, it turns into something else. Two fish and five loaves is just two fish and five loaves. But when God's hand is on it, it becomes something miraculous. We need God's hands to be. I'm not saying you're not gifted. I'm not saying you're not smart. But if you want to see your gifts multiply into something miraculous, it's God's hands got to be on it. Otherwise, there's just going to be another talented human. And you don't even have to be a Christian to be that. Heathens are talented. Heathens are smart. Heathens know how to build stuff. You don't need the anointing for the talent. The Bible says God gives talent without repentance. If you want your talent and your intellect to be multiplied to supernatural measure, you need the power of God on your life. Jabez understood that. And the last thing he prayed for was, oh, that you would keep me from evil. Now, this is a prayer about protection. And he was very smart to include this because I'm a living witness. If you get blessed and God enlarges your territory where you have influence with the blessings he's given you and his power is on your life, it's just a matter of seconds before that enemy creeps in to try to abort and steal and destroy what God is doing. Think about the enemy. He's defeated, but he is persistent and he is active. We don't have to scare, be scared of him. We don't need to obsess over him, but it's equally as dangerous to be ignorant of him. 
And when God blesses you, and when he enlarges your territory, and when he gives you his hand and his power is on your life, you need to expect the enemy. We need to learn how to expect him to come. Okay, I knew he was coming. That's what he does. The scripture says, 1 Peter 5, 8, the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And again, this is not to scare us, but it's for you to understand when God's hand is on your life, there is an enemy, there is an advocate that is trying to stop the effect of what God wants to do through your life. And all I'm saying is we just got to grow up and start to expect this. I'm amazed at how surprised I've been the past couple of years since I've become pastor. The Lord blessed me. He enlarged my influence. I used to only preach to my friends. Now I don't know half of you guys. Like, like the Lord is, is, is expanding our influence. And the power of God is showing up. And it's not us, but it's God's power. I mean, the music, I mean, the worship, oh, my goodness. And what's happening in our prayer meetings, I mean, God's power is here. Right. Praise the Lord. But it's because of that that I'm motivated to say, Lord, you're going to have to protect this. You're going to have to keep us from evil. Don't let me do nothing stupid, Lord. Don't let me, don't let me, keep me from evil, Lord. Keep, keep my heart pure. Keep my mind renewed. Keep my discipline sharp, God, because I know it would give no, the enemy no more pleasure. It, he, nothing would please him more than to see what God is doing here. To be destroyed. Again, I'm not afraid, but I'm also not ignorant. And Jabez wasn't ignorant, which was why he said, keep me from evil. So that there can be retention in the blessings that you're bringing to my life. Psalm 3, 1 through 3. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him, but you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. It doesn't matter if you've got one enemy, two, 200, 2,000, 4 million. It doesn't matter how many people want to see you fall. God is strong enough to be a shield and protect you. The Bible says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Now, it doesn't say that no weapons will be formed. They are formed, and I feel them, but they don't prosper. This is the confidence we have when we need, when we ask God to protect us. And the revelation I had in first service that I want to share with you guys is that that's why I love the order of this, the blessing, and then the enlarged territory, and then the God's presence, his hand on his life, and then being kept from evil. If you don't believe that you're called to a miraculous future, if you don't believe that God wants to bless you in an abundant way, if you don't believe that there is a great level of influence that he has reserved for you, there are a lot of people, your understanding of your life and your belief system about your future kind of makes you not feel a need to ask for protection. Because if there's no worth in your life, it's hard to imagine someone trying to come and take away from your life. It's almost like, why do I need a bodyguard? No one cares about me. And a lot of us are thinking that no one cares about, no one, no one cares about my life. No one cares about what I'm doing. So because if you think this, it's going to seem silly to pray for God to surround you and protect you and preserve all that he's doing in your life if you haven't had a revelation that God has an amazing life for your future. And that's why it starts with vision. It's so important to understand, like Abram, when he had to talk to God. After you hear that God wants to make you a nation and have you bless the entire world, your sense of worth and value starts to go up. And you start realizing, oh, my gosh, I need to get some insurance. I need to make sure I protect this. I need to make sure because my life, 
holds value. God wants to expand my life to where it blesses the whole, the whole world. And when you start walking like that and realize the influence that you carry and realize that your decisions affect other people and that the way that you say things and the way that you do things and the way that you carry yourself and the amount that you pray has a direct effect on the world around you. You start to carry yourself differently. You start to realize, oh my gosh, I'm precious. There is a precious treasure in this earthen vessel. So Lord, you've got to protect it. And the enemy, I've seen him do it year after year. In this community, in my life, he tries to devalue people's sense of, 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 of who they are. And he tries to keep you blind to the fact that there is a miraculous, impactful call on your life. Because he knows as long as you think this little of your future, then you're not going to protect it. Because who cares if I'm another person who falls away? Who cares if I'm another person the enemy deceives? Who cares? And the Lord goes, if you could just see the millions of people who are depending on your obedience, if you could just see the thousands of salvations that are attached to you stepping out in faith, if you could just get a glimpse of the impact that I have for your life, you will start to value it in a way that you will start to say, Lord, I need your protection. I need you to guard me on every side because if I'm carrying something precious here. So much of what we pray for is a reflection of who we believe God is, who we, who we believe we are to God, and what we really believe that God can do. If your life is just another life and you're just the, you know, you, you're believing those words that you heard when you were a kid from that teacher or that parent that you're not going to amount to anything or that you can't, like some of you guys are still suffering from that word that was spoken over you and it makes you not feel valuable and it makes you not treat your life like it has the value that it has. And I just want to pray that, that the Lord encourages you today and lets you know that there is a major call on your life. He has an abundance of blessings that he has for you. And with those blessings, it's going to be too much for what you got right now. So you're going to have to enlarge your space. You're going to have to enlarge your territory. He's going to have to find avenues and ways for more people to have access to what he's blessed you with. And you're going to need him. You're going to find yourself being like, oh my, how can I handle this? How can I do this? I can't do this. God goes, but I can. Let's partner together. Ask for his anointing so that your work has a supernatural edge to it and it can do great things. And then, yes, always ask for the Lord to protect you, keep you from evil, keep you from falling into the traps of the enemy, the deception, all the things that trip up men and women of God all the time. You'd be amazed how many stories of people tripped up. We've got to ask the Lord for protection. I told you guys, told the first service, I'm at the point now on Saturdays, I know that's, I'm vigilant. I know the enemy wants to attack me on Saturdays. And all these weird things always happen. I'm going to find myself flustered or messed up. Or, and, then I'm, and then I'm like, I get it. I preach on Sunday. Sunday is the day where I actually have to walk in the anointing and the purity of God. It's where I'm having hundreds of people being blessed by what God has blessed me with, and then there's thousands watching online. No, it's Saturday. So now I'm ready. I'm like, we got to be ready. Saturday from sunup to sundown, I'm ready. I'm like, <laughs> because, but you got to understand, it's because I know my value on Sunday that I feel the need to protect what's happening on Saturday. If you don't know the value of what God's called you to, you're just going to be open target. Shoot me up, devil. You know, like, no, I've got to protect this so, so that the anointing can have its full effect on today, right? And, of course, we got our hearts every day. But for me, I mean, this is, the, this is a big day. The Sunday is, the, is, 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 a, is a day where I, I'm reaching the most people. So it's about understanding and then praying accordingly. So Jabez prayed for four things. He prayed for blessing. 
He prayed for God's blessing. He prayed for enlarged territory. He prayed for influence. He prayed for his hand to be on his life, which means God's presence, his power. And then he prayed for more protection. My prayer is that you all are inspired by this. And as, as people, you will find yourself adopting this prayer for your life. And not feeling weird about talking, asking the one who says that he's a rewarder for blessings. Stop that. It's enough. You're not impressing God. He's not impressed that you are so righteous. You don't want God to bless. Like that's, I'm just not into that. I don't think he cares. I think, I think it makes... The piety is not moving to him. It's unnecessary. He goes, Get a, thank you, let me bless you. That's what I do. He blesses the righteous. He enlarges our territory. He gives us his presence and power. And he will protect us from the evil one so that he can't steal or kill or destroy the blessings that he's given to your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. For your presence, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you, Lord, for uh, the power of prayer. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for the influence that you bless your people with. I thank you, God, for your presence. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for your protection. God, I pray, Lord, that every single person here would adopt this prayer for their lives, Lord, so that they can uh, experience a level of blessing that they haven't experienced before. Lord, so often in Scripture you say, you know, we have not because we ask not. Lord, so let us ask for your blessings on our lives, knowing that you love us and knowing that it's your heart to see us blessed so that we can be a blessing. Lord, so I pray, God, that this this prayer is uh, received as something for each of our lives and that each individual in this room, each family, each marriage, each business owner. Lord, I pray, Lord, that everyone in this room would experience your supernatural favor in their lives. God, and I pray, Lord, that you would give them the resources they need to, to, to um, sustain, Lord, all that you are blessing them with, God. And Lord, I pray for your anointing to be on their lives. And I pray for you to be a shield of protection around them. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask us all to stand. We're about to dismiss. Um, now, I mean everything I just said. God is accessible. He wants to bless you. But there is one condition that I have to make known. This is what separates this is what makes it where everybody can't pray this prayer. Psalm says God blesses the righteous. And the prayer of Jabez is for those who are in right standing with God. You have to be in a covenant relationship with God for you to experience the prayer of Jabez in your life. To experience the blessing and the influence and the presence of God and the, and the protection you must be righteous, which is scary news for us if we don't know the gospel because none of us have had a clean slate in our lives. All of us have sinned. All of us have made a mistake. We've all had some jacked up motive of how we've done things or we've lied or we've, we've stolen. All of us have done maybe fornication. You know, we've all messed up and all of us have been disqualified from this righteous standing. But Jesus, Jesus came and made a sacrifice to where a person who's done all the things that I've done and all the things that you've done can stand as a righteous person, not because of your doing, but because of Jesus' sacrifice. So if you've made some mistakes and you don't feel like you're a righteous person, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus can make you righteous. And once you're righteous, you can start to ask these things from God because, you know, the way I see it is like, wow, I'm righteous now because of Jesus. And your word says that I'm righteous now because of Jesus. So, so since I'm righteous, your word also says that you bless. This is how we got to start praying. We got to start thinking. The Lord says, the word says that you bless the righteous, God. So since I'm righteous now, then I'm going to ask for you to, to bless me because According to your word, I'm, I'm righteous because of Jesus. And then the, your word says that 
those who are righteous, you, you make a city on a hill and you make, us, you make us a blessing to other people. You make us leaders and you make us people who can minister. So God, give me people to, to minister to. Give me influence because since I'm righteous now, I can, I can ask for these things because this is what you do for the righteous. And then, Lord, you said that your presence will never leave me and that your anointing is with me and your power is with me. I have the Holy Spirit now because I'm righteous. So, Lord, I ask for your power to be on my life. And I can ask that now because I'm, I'm righteous. I mean, you get how I'm going. When you become righteous, you have access to things that unrighteous people don't have. So if you want that access to God's blessing, Let's just all receive Jesus today. Make a decision to acknowledge his sacrifice. Let his blood cleanse your life. Let him make you born again. And you can start to reap the benefits of a righteous person. A righteous person. So if that's you today and you're ready to receive Jesus, I'm going to ask us all to pray it together. But um, I'm speaking really to those of you who are praying it for the first time. Or maybe you're really ready to make the decision to, to, to accept Jesus as your Savior and start living a righteous life. Um, repeat these words after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins. And make me a new person in Christ. Now say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's just offer up a sound of thanksgiving. If you're righteous because of Jesus, say thank you to Jesus. His salvation is amazing. It's amazing. If you're ready to start the road with Jesus, I got three things that you can do. Two of them you can do today and once in a couple of weeks. First thing, we got a prayer team that's going to be right here. We would love to meet you. We would love to just say a prayer over you and bless you because of the decision that you made. So please come down. But once we dismiss and our team will be here to pray for you, uh, we love you. We're excited for you. We would love to walk this road with you um, for as long as you feel led to. So text the word belong. That's another way you can get connected. If you text the word belong to 77411 and we'll give you some resources um, and we'll just let you, you know, have things that we believe is going to support you in your decision. And then lastly, in two weeks, we have uh, Next Steps. Next Steps is a class that lets you know about the church, how to get involved. So we got a lot of options for you. My prayer is that you take one or if not all of the options and really dive into the body of Christ and see your life changed for the better. I'm going to pray a dismissal prayer, um, and I love y'all. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your presence. I pray a blessing, your blessing over every person here, every family that is represented, everyone in the overflow room, everyone watching online. God, we pray, Lord, for you to bless us indeed. God, and help us to be a blessing to others as we leave. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all have a great day. Love you.